Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us today for Milwaukee's philanthropic community, where we highlight people and organizations who are doing great things by helping others. Our goal is threefold. We want to inform you, we want to inspire you, and hopefully to help you understand how you can be a part of making a big impact in our community. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach at Ellen Becker Investment Group. How many times have you heard someone say, kids these days? Maybe it's with a positive tone as you see your older child helping out a younger sibling. That's always nice, right? (laughs) <laughs> but my guess is that's not the norm. More often, that comment is associated with not-so-positive behavior. The world our kids live in today has definitely seen some major changes in many different areas of life, but some things never change. Our children need strong role models, they need hands-on experiences, and they need a strong sense of community. These three things can all be accomplished by introducing a young child to volunteer opportunities, and the earlier this is done, the better. Volunteering teaches kids essential school and life skills, like working effectively in groups, interacting with people who are different from yourself, taking on a challenge, and problem solving. It gives them an opportunity to think outside of themselves, to learn how to put others' needs before their own, and how to make a difference in the life of another person, which really is the first step in developing empathy and compassion for others. Volunteering can provide a healthy boost to their self-confidence, their self-esteem, and their sense of accomplishment. Kids who volunteer are more successful in school, and they're more likely to graduate from high school and college and go on to productive, meaningful, and impactful work. Our first guest today is a small Milwaukee organization that takes this idea of mentoring and setting an example for kids in terms of volunteering their time, their talents, and their treasures very seriously. And they're offering a unique chance for families, including small children, to find all of this within our city. My first guests today are Lynn Rains and Eric Aaron Lemoyne from Kids Impact Community. Welcome to the show today, Lynn and Aaron. Thank you. We're thrilled to be here today. We're really excited to share the great work of our families and the wonderful Milwaukee community that we all share. Well, we're, we're excited to hear all about the great stuff. Why don't, why don't you start, Lynn, by sharing what was the inspiration for starting Kids Impact Community, or KIC, as it's more affectionately known? Yeah, absolutely. When, when my daughter was one, I resigned from my role as an elementary principal to take on my new dream job of being a stay-at-home parent. During that transition, I was seeking ways to connect with other parents and children. And at a local library story time, I met another mom who had also recently resigned from her position as an educator in Illinois to stay at home with her two children. We both shared a passion for community service. We had both been brought up doing community service as children ourselves. And we both, I'm from St. Louis, she's from Illinois, we just really wanted to to discover all that Milwaukee had to offer families. We started researching volunteer opportunities for us to do with our young children. And all of the opportunities that we were finding were for adults only or for older children. Um, Or we would have to pay a babysitter to um, go volunteer ourselves. Mm -hmm. So it seemed a little counterproductive. Right, right. So we sat down and discussed different types of projects that we thought kids could do. 
And we thought, we can do this. And we just had to convince some community partners that little ones, even in baby carriers, were capable of sharing love and using their helping hands. Sometimes so, more effectively than, than others, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's just something about a young child that just opens someone's heart, right? It mm-hmm. does. Yeah. It's sometimes the window into emotion, into memory, into mm-hmm. so many things that children can do for us. Absolutely. Erin, why don't you tell us how you got involved? Uh, those same similar story. Yes, of being a, similar. A young mom to, yes. at home needing to get out with her kids. <laughs> exactly. Um, similar to Lynn, I became um, a stay-at-home parent when my oldest was nearly two, and I had previously worked in the nonprofit sector um, right here in Milwaukee, and I was really looking forward to getting involved in volunteer work again with a little more time on my hands. Um, but I really wanted to bring my daughter along with because again for a babysitter <laughs> doesn't really make sense. Um, so I did, did some digging. I found the perfect project, and it was putting together some um, winter kits for the homeless, and I was turned down because I could not bring my daughter with me. So um, I knew she was very capable, and I was continued looking for opportunities, and I discovered Kids Impact Community. And believe it or not, the very first project I did with them was actually kit packing for the homeless. And it was totally successful. (laughs) (laughs) The kids are so very capable and really did an amazing job putting together inspirational care cards. They sat and listened to a story about a young boy that grew up living in an airport for a time. And it really just brought home that message for the kids in a very developmentally appropriate way. So at that next project, I was able to engage with both my kids. So I had a young infant and a three-year-old, I think, at the time. And we ended up joining um, a Friends Across Nations playgroup. So there were women and kids from different parts of the world that were here in Milwaukee. And we were all at the same stage of life and were really able to connect. So we got together every month. I think it was each month. And just really to be able to have my kids playing with other kids from other cultures, for us to be able to connect in that same space was just such an amazing experience. Mm. And that's such a wonderful thing that there's organizations out there like MOPS. It was called MOPS when Mm -hmm. I was doing it. Um, I think it's called something different now. But places where women who are at home with their children can get together for fellowship Mm -hmm. and the kids can play or do whatever now you add another layer into that where you can be out there making a difference in the community that's that's awesome i know why i think it's important but why do you ladies think it's important for young children to participate in community service sure you know we wholeheartedly believe as an organization that children are capable and responsible for making a positive impact in our community and we also know that there's no community more deserving of that than our own milwaukee Um, Children are born to do the work that we do. You know, if they're given a task, they they rise to the challenge. And we know that. Um, We know that in community service that children learn to communicate. You touched on a few of those things in in your introduction. But, um, you know, interacting with environments outside our own homes, they learn to be compassionate, to Mm -hmm. share, to listen, to be confident, to be problem solvers. You know, and one example that, you know, we do is we really try to empower kids to take the roles themselves as they do get a little bit older, our seven-year-olds, our eight-year-olds, our nine-year-olds. For example, we have a Thanksgiving basket where we create a dinner basket. And basically, we provide the skeleton with like a checklist, and the kids go into their own neighborhoods and say, this is what I'm doing. 
I'm collecting this. They contact friends, families, neighbors, and then they come and all on the same day, they all deliver their baskets. And this year, Journey House um, will be a recipient. Um, we've also done that in the past with Axe Housing baskets um, for new families that are getting homes. It's really a tangible way for kids mm-hmm. to, to do that. It gives kids a sense of purpose, a sense of belonging, expands perspective outside the home in their own neighborhood. I just love the example of my own daughter when we worked in nursing homes um, and assisted living centers. You know, my own father went into hospice care and had, you know, he was attached to oxygen and it was really scary, you know, for mm-hmm. my, my daughter, my three-year-old to see that. But we had had so much experience in our playgroups at St. John's on the Lake um, that there wasn't an ounce of fear in her, you know, when she saw my dad. And that was really special because, as you said before, like children bring so much light to people that might be in a scary stage of their life, which would be hospice right. for my father. So it brought yeah. him so much joy. So again, there's so many reasons why kids should be in community service. Mm. How does Kick Kids Impact Community, how do they differ from other youth service programs? You know, we know that there's a lot of organizations that offer initiatives where adults and kids can be part of it, but I think more than likely those are older kids. Um, but how does KIC differ from, from other youth service programs? Um, KIC is absolutely unique in that we offer those opportunities to children of all ages. So as I mentioned, you know, going into these playgroups with my daughter, who is an infant, um, it's the baby carriers all the way through the tween age that are able to participate in our projects. And um, it we really want community service to become be a family event and something that will become a lifelong trend for our families. And so as our kids grow, hopefully they will continue to engage in um, service. We're also unique because we don't require a membership. Our opportunities are open to all families. And we really try and provide service opportunities where all families feel safe, affirmed, valued, and reflected in the service projects that we offer. And um, finally, we also really function for all seasons of life. So there are times when your life may be crazy with all sorts of sporting activities and various things. And so as a family, it might be a stretch. Um, But maybe, you know, a little bit later on, you're able to re-engage with us. And so we have tweens that are needing to get service hours for school or for various projects. So they're able to re-engage with us and, again, serve in the Milwaukee community. We also try to offer a wide variety of weekday, weeknight, weekend opportunities so that we're hitting families in all all seasons, all situations. But very good. Well, there's obviously no shortage of volunteer opportunities, uh, for sure. I know Northbrook Church in Richfield has an initiative called Operation Love Your Neighbor, which is dedicated to the whole month of October. And they have some really, really great options. But I think most of them are for adults and older children. So there may be families listening out there that are saying, give us the goods. You know, tell us what's what's available. So stay tuned to hear from Kick about some nice service opportunities that are available for families with young kids. So stay tuned and we'll be right back after commercial break. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community with your host, Jill Economo on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking with Lynn Rains and Aaron Lemoyne from Kids Impact Community. So Let's talk about these service opportunities. What what can you tell us? What kind of service opportunities can families get involved in when they reach out to you? 
Sure. We partner with a broad range of community organizations. In fact, over 50 different community organizations, which offer a wide variety of options for families looking to give back. We really try to have a breadth of opportunity, but also provide depth in those experiences. So we do things throughout the year from purchasing items, such as school. we'll do school supply drive. Um, we have turkey dinner baskets um, that, were, like, that I mentioned before that we're empowering children to go into their own communities to collect. Mm-hmm. We also have baking cookies for uh, a food bank on the the near west side. We have opportunities to pack lunches for just one more more ministry. We are hoping to partner again with Salvation Army and do some bell ringing this Oh, that um, would be cute with little kids. Dressed in little snow outfits, ringing the bell. And it's such a great in-person opportunity right now, right? Because before we had um, playgroups at at four different locations, um, three assisted living centers and another local community center that were very active. And we had monthly playgroups at each of these these locations. And then we also had reading buddies at a local Milwaukee public school near us called Thurston Woods, all of which were put on hold because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And we're just really looking forward to being able to do some of those. But we, we definitely do have some in-person type of activities that we, we are offering our families. One of the things I really love about the service opportunities that we provide is that kids are able to just share their love and their joy so readily. And I have two very extroverted little girls. And we so much as walk into a grocery store and you've got the older adults engaging with them. They're like talking their ear off. So it's really taking that energy and putting it into a service project, which I mean, watching like older adults giggle, seeing a little kid giggle is just incredible. And they just light up. And so we're trying to capture that love, that kindness, that empathy that the kids can bring and really put those into these different service opportunities. We've done some art projects for older adults as well. So we did some sun catchers um, that went in with some lunchbox notes um, for a whole bunch of seniors who were working as part of a lunch program. They were picking up their lunches. And we actually had um, someone write back a beautiful note. They Mm -hmm. said, thank you so much for the beautiful butterflies sun catcher. It made me smile. It made me happy. And I put it in my window and I think of you. It was a wonderful surprise. Oh, that's and nice. they wanted to connect with the little girl who had done this. And I just think that is so special. It's about community connections. Yeah. And we said earlier that, you know, the earlier you start a, a young child in these opportunities, the the better. And you said it too, Lynn, where every young child can do something. I think some of the areas of focus for the the family service work, they seem to be really big or complex concepts for young children to understand, like homelessness or food insecurity. I remember volunteering at the Milwaukee Rescue Mission when my kids were small, and I took them uh, a couple of times with me. And can you address how your organization approaches these topics with very young children? Absolutely. Uh, We know that education starts at home. So we provide talking tips and questions to parents to ask their young children and guide some of those conversations, both before, during, and after service, and particularly around those complex topics. Um, We also host some monthly story times. So we try and address through stories some of those bigger ideas. For example, we did something on food security. And my oldest daughter, she's seven now, uh, she has experienced the full circle of kind of all of the aspects of food insecurity. So from kind of our story time, meeting a little girl who was struggling with food insecurity through that story, 
to doing some gardening work at some hoop houses with growing power. And all that food then goes to the River West Food Pantry. Mm -hmm. We also had the opportunity to serve at the food pantry and watch as the guests came through and were able to shop in a very dignified manner and being able to pick out the food that they wanted that was appropriate for their homes. And then we made some lunches at home. Um, and delivered those to Just One More Ministry, which was also fantastic, being able to do the hands-on, putting together a healthy lunch, and then serving food at St. Vincent de Paul's um, meal, meal program. So actually getting to serve that food and then sit down and eat with some of the guests that were there. It's just such an incredible um, experience. So she's kind of uh, has a good understanding now of food insecurity from all elements and um, all of, and has met and engaged with all of the different services that the Milwaukee community offers within that space. Well, you had mentioned the importance of the reciprocal nature of the work of Kick Families and your your partner organizations. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Absolutely. As Erin mentioned, one of our dynamic partner organizations is River West Food Pantry, and their motto is everyone gives and everyone receives. And that really encompasses that idea of the reciprocal benefit in service work. And, you know, as Erin was giving the example of her daughter, you know, serving food, for example, at the St. Vincent de Paul meal program, you know, it really is an opportunity where kids see human to human connection, right? And and when you, you have that experience together, it destigmatizes some of those bigger, more complex problems and ultimately provides a better foundation upon which we can problem solve as a community. And so again, that reciprocal nature is that, yes, having a child at a food pantry when somebody might have had the really, a really down day and the smile on that young child who's serving the corn or the, you know, the tacos that night might brighten that person's world. But on the other hand, that person being in the children's lives is, is a huge benefit because it, it, it becomes one of give and take, mm. right? Um, and we also all know that if we're in that position, I mean, we live in a scary world. Kids don't know, what if tomorrow we didn't have food? But there are people that love us in this community that would take us under their wing, just like we're doing for them when we're in a position of, of privilege at this moment. I think it's, it's wonderful when the kids can actually be the boots on the ground because to, for example, to give to an organization, I'll just use the Milwaukee Rescue Mission as an example, to give as a family a gift uh, a donation is is one thing that's wonderful. They need those donations. But I just remember taking my kids to serve, and my oldest daughter was just so tickled when she could go up and and give a young little girl her juice. And she said, "Mom, she you know she touched my hand, and oh look at her big brown eyes." And it just made all that much of a difference when they had some experience to serving and not just giving. A donation again. Giving the donations is definitely needed. We don't want to say that that they're not needed, but and they're, that they're not important. They are, but to go that extra mile and be the boots on the ground, especially for kids when they're so impressionable, I think that's that's important. Um, give us an example of of some of the outcomes and the impact of these partnerships that you talk about. I think one outcome that I really appreciate is the fact that kind of just as you were describing, is that redefining the sense of community. Um, that your neighbors, it's not necessarily just the people living next door, but getting that sense of broader community. And we've actually worked um, with 47 different community partner organizations. So that is broadening right there, that definition of community for all of our, all of our kids. 
and we've accomplished 96 projects. Yeah, just since January, we've we've engaged in 96 projects, even in a pandemic year. Got amazing statistics like um, over 2,500 children and caregivers engaged in service work through your organization. Mm-hmm. More than 620 individual pieces of art to share at 11 different senior centers. You packed 4,700 lunches for just one more ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, to say that you've packed lunches, again, that's a good thing, but to say you've packed 4,700 lunches. A lot of little hands. <laughs> Helping, exactly. doing real service work. Yeah, and and they can put a, a PBJ in a in a bag or whatever it is that your that your kind of yep. lunches you're providing. So yeah, everybody can. There's a place for somebody at the table. How would you answer someone who asked, "Why should I volunteer specifically for Kick?" For me, being with my kids home full time, I felt I really needed something outside of the home to challenge and engage me. So Kick really became my professional outlet. And the other great thing is. You can commit to what works for you in each season, whether that is a week, the month, the year, depending on the time you have to give, you can give that time. So the flexibility is fantastic because we're all parents. We're 100% volunteer run. We are all very understanding. We have each other's back. And I feel like I've found my people. We also have grandparents that volunteer on our leadership team as well. One of our grandparents actually leads our diaper mission um, project for us, and that got us just this year 13,000 diapers packed, you mm. know, for the Milwaukee diaper mission. So, And that intergenerational relationship is so wonderful. We've, we've run out of time, unfortunately, mm. so uh, a lot of good things going on, obviously, at KICK, um, Kids Impact Community. Someone listening wants to get more information. Um, how would they? How would they reach you? Sure, absolutely. Visit our website at www.kickmke.org. You can also sign up there to get our newsletter. We push it out monthly with all of our events that are coming up for the upcoming month. So if you go to the contact tab, we will send that out to you so you don't even have to seek us out. If That would be the best way. Also, social media. We're on Instagram and Facebook as well, Kids Impact Community. Okay, well, Lynn and Aaron, all kinds of great things going on over there. Thank you for the work that you do. Again, if anybody's listening and wants to get more information specifically on some things coming up, hit them up on their website. And if anyone's interested in volunteering, we're 100% volunteer run, and we're always looking for new leaders and new volunteers to support the mission. Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you for participating in our interview today. Good luck on uh, all the activities that you have coming up. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. You're welcome. You're welcome. Stay tuned because when we return, we'll learn more about one particular nonprofit that Kids Impact Community has partnered with that works with one of the most vulnerable and underserved populations in the city. Stay tuned and you'll learn more when we return. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo. My next guest today is Allison Byrne, founder and executive director from Allies for Teens. Welcome to the show today, Allison. Thank you so much for having me, Jill. You are welcome. So, why don't you start by telling us why you started this Allies for Teens in Milwaukee? Thank you. I started Allies for Teens in foster care after the experience my family had that was a starkly different adoption and foster care experience for children that I now proudly call my own. We have uh, we had adopted an 
month old, about 13 years ago. And in order to do so, it was mountains and mountains of paperwork. It was binders full of questions. It was interviews. It was house tours. It was an understandably arduous process. And then fast forward 10 years, we heard of a child that needed an emergency foster care placement, an eight-year-old. And so my husband and my family, with the permission of our three children in our house, decided to go for it again. And the next time a 22-year-old social worker came to our house and was said, when can, when can you take her? And it made me think, oh my goodness, you know, what, why is this such a different process? And if it's so... If it's so easy for a child to enter my home without a background interview, like what is happening to the other kiddos that are here in in on my southeastern Wisconsin? Like where are these kids? And so once my family got stable, uh, the social worker educator hat in me, you know, that I wear, I started making some cold calls and finding out where are the older children in southeastern Wisconsin. We hear so often that we need more foster families and that older children are vulnerable, but we don't really see them in our community. Hmm. So then where are they? Where, where are these teens? Well, I started by reaching out to the two licensing agencies in in Wisconsin, southeastern Wisconsin, and I Children's Hospital of Wisconsin and St. A's. And what I found out from them is that there were 49 group homes licensed in Milwaukee County. 20% of the youth age out of foster care are homeless. There are 630 teens in foster care in Milwaukee County. 50% of youth in foster care have substance abuse problems. 70% of females are pregnant by 21. And 25% of youth aging out of foster care do so without a high school degree. There are not enough foster families that are willing to take in older children. And so there are wonderful people in our community that are, are making up for that gap. And, and we as a community need to do more to help them. Mm. So there's, there's obviously a need. There's no question there. And you obviously wanted to, to do something about it, right? Um, can you share a little about Ally's mission and community outreach? Certainly. So I understand as a mother, a social worker, an educator, how vulnerable the children and the older children and teens in foster care are. Their safety is paramount to the mission of Allies for Teens in Foster Care. Um, I really believed in the community that if the need was was better known, that the community would reach out and help us help the adults working with these teens in foster care and help the teens themselves. The problem is how do you keep those kids and teens safe while getting them needed goods? So Allies was started to be a bridge to the the resources within the community to get to the teens in foster care while keeping their anonymity and keeping the kids safe. So I started in April of 2019, Allies for Teens in Foster Care as a 501c3. We're a very small, all-volunteer board, and our mission is to increase social capital for teens, which is relationships for people who live and work in in our community Mm. and the resources that they need. Mm. Well, it's obviously a, a mission of yours, a passion of yours, and you're in the right place for making a big impact. Um, you have five key programs going on, I understand. Can you talk about those? Certainly. We have um, five pre- key programs. We have our micro grants, which is uh, 
a 24-hour process where we try to get teens resources they need, if they need basketball shoes for a team, if they need art supplies for a class, if they don't have an aunt or somebody to reach out to to get the, the items they need. And then an adult working with them, either in their group home or a social worker at school, or somebody can ask allies for the items and we can get that shipped to their house within 24 hours. There's a care package delivery three, four times a year. We bring high quality care packages to group homes. We have a beautiful art contest that we have in May for Foster Care Awareness Month. And we're very lucky to partner with the Wauwatosa Library who had our display. We're looking for sponsors for our contest and, and even sponsors and named artists. It's a dream for allies to actually have a scholarship associated with some of the teen winners of our art contest because they're such talented kids. There was one kid this year who won the 13 to 17 year old bracket who had never entered an art contest before. She is exceedingly talented and she touched all of us when she came to the Wauwatosa Library with and was brought flowers and balloons by friends of a foster family for her. And it was really beautiful, moving experience. And it was a very empowering experience for this 17-year-old girl. I imagine, yeah. There's not as many opportunities to showcase the talent and success for teens in foster care. So part of the mission and allies is to really empower and showcase some of the the talent and ability for the teens in foster care. Um, we also, we have a Christmas drop-off that we do to, to we collect and are looking for donors for uh, about an $8,000 drop-off. Kids receive a $25 gift card that we are often told by the adult in their care they spend on others. And we have a self-care education program for teen girls where it was based off an experience I had with a teen when we were walking around Walgreens because she hadn't been taught what a lot of very important teen self-care projects and, and products were for. So after that experience, walking around Walgreens with a teen girl when she didn't understand a lot of the self-care products, I've now gone into several different group homes with a self-care curriculum. And, and we start at SOAP, and we end in... in in sort of understanding our bodies and, and reproductive care. So it's, it's, it's an important program. And I bet people don't even think about that. You know, I think maybe that's something taken for granted, right? Mm-hmm. People just assume that uh, a young girl would know uh, what these things are for. And so they need an advocate, somebody to... Uh, walk alongside them and teach them these things. Not every product that there is easy to discuss, but every time I've had these conversations, it's probably every bunch of girls in every walk of life should have this kind of self-care education. And I think there's more opportunities um, outside of the foster care world to find an adult or an older girl woman who will help you walk it through. But most of the time, the conversations I've had with the girls and the women, um, there's been a tremendous difference in knowledge and education beforehand and after. And the nice thing, too, is I tell the, the women and the girls I work with, you know, now you know. And now you can be the empowered person. And now right. you can share it with the other girls and women around you. So when your friend is struggling with this, you can teach them. And these are lifelong lessons yeah. that, that I hoped that they will be proud to impart on their peers. Yeah, they can turn around and help someone else. And I imagine that helps to build self-esteem and confidence. And Well, because we're a radio show that shares how and nonprofit organizations have an impact in our community, we first have to understand how they connect 
with the community, right? Um, Stay tuned because after the break, we're going to talk with a woman about how she connected with her target community and what her impact was. Stay tuned and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach, and I'm talking in this last segment with Allison Byrne from Allies for Teens. So, Allison, why don't you why don't you first tell us how Allies connects with the foster care community? Thanks again, Jill. I really wanted to make sure I began with a tremendous respect for the good work that was already being done out there. I think that my work as a social worker, I've seen a lot of people come in and think they know better how to do things or think they know better how to fix things. And I went in with a real belief is I can make a a judgment or guess, but I don't know. I am not walking this walk. And so I I made it a point to reach out to the adults doing the important frontline work in our community and try as part of our mission to have a sincere respect and a thank you to the adults doing this work from our community. Our community owes a debt of gratitude to the adults already doing the work that don't get a spotlight. They are really frontline heroes, especially the last two years as MPS and other schools have been closed. And a lot of these adults have taken on responsibilities that they didn't sign up for and they really stepped up in a big way. So when I started Allies in 2019, I wanted to make sure that I started by asking the adults in their care, does this sound like something that would be useful to your population? Would this be helpful in your house? Please tell me what you see as your needs in your population. To that end, I called the Department of Children and Families and asked if I could come to uh, one of their group home meetings and introduce myself and meet some of the, the licensees and people who own the group home. And I had a really good fortune a meeting Ms. Dorothy at one of these meetings. Well, Dorothy, welcome to the show. This is Dorothy McCullum, and she opened her own group home. So why don't you share that experience with us? Share this this story of how that whole thing began. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, so group home started actually with us wanting to, we were taking in youth after my niece, who was a deaf mute, she ended up being sex trafficked and, and getting killed out there. She's a deaf mute. She couldn't hear her talk. And I always wanted to do something to give back in that area to help other youth that were out there that were um, forced into a lifestyle that they did not want. So after Ophelia got killed, um, and we were fortunate enough to would take in youth that were either on the run or youth that didn't have a place to go because their parents were not involved in their life, and we would just take kids in, um, my daughter and I. And so then I was like, you know what, we can't keep doing this. We really, you know, we we were doing it all out of pocket. And then so I said, let's just make this house a group home. <laughs> so the house that. Um, I grew up in and my kids grew up in and my nieces, nephews, cousins, we all grew up in. We turned it into a a family group home for youth that were victim of trafficking. Mm. That's how it actually started. Oh, my goodness. And that's a topic that, a very sensitive topic, and I have had some, some interviews with organizations that are 
working with um, sex trafficked individuals, mm-hmm. male and female alike, and it's just something that is becoming. Not to say that it's it's never happened before, but I think it's just there's more of an awareness of it, yes. and it's very very sad um, case. I'm sorry for your loss. Um, but very happy that you turned that around and you said, let's use this pain for good, right? Yeah. And right. just think about all the people that you're impacting in a positive way. That's wonderful. Yeah. Um, what services has Allies provided then for the teens in Miss Dorothy's group home? When I first met Miss Allison, it was at the group home meeting, and, and she was talking about the different things how, um, that they offer to youth and an acting program. That's where we really connected because I had one youth in our home who really wanted to get into acting, and she just had such a passion and a desire for it. And Miss Allison, once we connected, she was like, I have information. I can help her with that. And Miss Allison helped the youth, got her connected. The youth acted the entire summer in this program, and it was just like the highlight mm-hmm. of this youth life and the most important thing she had ever done. And it changed her life for the better. As time went on and as our relationship built, Miss Allison came in when we had a pregnant youth, a youth and she, the youth was aging out of our facility. She was the very first youth to graduate from our facility mm. that um, actually stayed with us all year and then went on into independent living. Miss Allison and allies, they came in and they brought her so many things for her unborn baby, from diapers to pacifiers to clothes to maternity clothes, um, baby bed when she moved out into her own apartment. I mean, they just really was instrumental in helping this youth to where the youth stood there and cried. I never forget that day mm-hmm. when Miss Allison brought everything from Allies and and. And this youth, she stood there, she cried. It was more than what anybody had ever done for her. And she could not believe that people actually cared that much. It, it kind of emotional for me because mm-hmm. this youth is still doing good to this day. And um, and allies still help her to this day, if I'm not mistaken. And then, um, like, around the holidays, allies have come in and brought us lunch. And at Christmas time, they have brought the girls gift cards and gift baskets for the holidays. They bring decoration and art supplies and and, and just um, and cookie decoration. And, and Miss Allison have came in and done um, a hygiene group with the with the youth and the youth was like I don't need that I know what to do I know what to do and then they sat there the youth and the staff and was like oh my god I never knew that I never knew that (laughs) even the adults was like I never knew that (laughs) you know so allies have been very impactful to um, saving Ophelia's mission and what we do that's wonderful well I understand your current campaign is for this Christmas program so tell us about that Thank you, Ms. Dorothy. You make me cry here. I, oh. It's a real privilege to go into your home, and I just want to say that the work, I couldn't do my work if you didn't do your work, and your home is beautiful. And you can just tell, so there's a different warmth in some of these different group homes when you walk in. Some group homes don't have enough chairs for the kids in their group home, and Ms. Dorothy, your group home is warm and special, just like you are. Yeah, I can't talk about how important and how much I believe in what we bring to the youth and how much our community I need your help to come and bring and continue this with our youth. But I try and give high-quality products, and Allies for Teens in Foster Care try to give high-quality products for kids and make sure that we deliver on our promises and we deliver on our quality promises. And we give high-quality winter gloves, winter hats, socks, hair care products, treats, lotion, chapsticks, and like Miss Dorothy alluded to, the Target gift cards. And 
for some of these teens, this is really a majority of what they get at Christmas time. And some of the quotes and the feedback we get is, I have never had a Christmas gift like this. This is all for me. You're going to make me cry. I'm so happy. No one has ever thought of this like this before. Or, oh, I wasn't expecting anything. But it really so feels so good to be thought of. Um, I think it really changes your your outlook when you can see the response. So if someone listening wants to contribute to this Christmas program, they can either contribute with some of the things that you've talked about, but can they just donate cash? Yes, because and we because we will take all of the donations and give it directly to our Christmas program. Allies is an all volunteer board and organization and a vast majority of our resources go right to the group homes. You know, we will buy Target cards. We will buy soap and lotion and hair. You know, so if you go to www.alliesforteens.org, you can make a donation on our website. And if you go to our Facebook page, you know, uh, Allies for Teens in Foster Care, you will find a link to to donate there as well, and you can see pictures. You can see the art pro- the art projects on our Facebook page. You can see um, some of the good work. We try to document the good work because we cannot and will not put our team our children in jeopardy. So you will not see pictures of the the teens we work with on our Facebook page, but you will see some of the good work that we're trying to do. Okay. Wow. Well, you have a few different things going on, right? All good stuff. Um, what would you say is your call to action for our audience today? So I started Allies about two years ago, and I think that we have made a big impact. But a lot of this is one social worker teacher trying to make an impact, and I need help. I need help. If you feel like you have a passion in it to, to help teens in foster care, then hop on board and be an ally to teens in foster care. You don't need to be a foster parent to be an ally to teens in foster care. I need items for the Christmas donation. If anybody has any experience and you know how to do some web services, like please, please go ahead and give me a call. I also could use some marketing help and I could use someone who likes to do graphic design. A lot of what you see is a one woman show and and I believe in our community and I believe they will be here to help. So Awesome. So if there's someone listening out there that wants to step up to the challenge, uh, help out in some way again, as uh, as Allison said, whether you are a foster care parent or not, um, if you have a skill that that Allison can use, step forward. Um, Allison, one more time, contact information. Thank you. At www.alliesforteens.org or go to our Facebook page, Allies for Teens in Foster Care. Awesome. Well, I want to thank my guests today, Lynn Rains and Erin Lemoyne from Kids Impact Community, Milwaukee, and Allison Byrne and Miss Dorothy uh, from Allies for Teens. Thank you all for the many ways that you make a difference in the lives of kids and in our community. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. If you'd like further information about what we talked about today or if you would like to be considered as a guest on the show, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. 
So join us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. to learn more about the ways people and organizations are making a difference in our community. You can tune in to News Talk 1130 on your radio, or you can go to Newstalk1130.com on your computer. You can listen on your cell phone via the iHeartRadio app. You can also visit our website at ellenbecker.com and listen to previously aired shows. You can also listen on demand at Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. So if you have an internet connection, you can listen. So think about what you can do to make a difference and have an impact in the life of a child or a young adult. We've shared information with you today about two organizations are, that are doing that. So if you'd like to join them in their efforts, reach out to them and share your time, your talents, and or your treasure. And doing so is a, is a way you can be a blessing and give a blessing all at the same time. Have a great day.